0: Hello everybody and welcome to a special episode of the Media Boat Podcast as we begin our yearly tradition and transition Mm -hmm. of wrapping up the end of the year as we get into December here. Uh, It is December 2023 and We've got some listicles for you. Well, <laughs> I guess technically the listicles, we're going to put them on the website. So yeah, that is an accurate statement. My name is Mike. His name is Matt.
1: My name is Matt. His name is Mike. And yes, welcome to the Media Boat Podcast annual wrap up, or year end wrap up is I think what I, the term that I've been using um, mm-hmm. for 2023. Today is the music episode, as you mentioned, we'll be recapping the stories of the year in the first half. Leading up to a number one story in the music category for the year. And then in the second half, our top five lists of our top five favorite albums of the year. Then crowning one album to be our MediaBow podcast website pot, uh, podcast of the year. No, we're always the podcast of the year. MediaBow podcast my, is always our number one
0: podcast. In my book, it is the number uh, one podcast of the year.
1: Um, but anyway, Um. Uh, yes, number one uh, album of the year that we determine together so yeah uh today is uh december the 3rd when we're recording this it will also go up on december the 3rd so i can say that uh yes so yeah and yes and, and as as mike pointed out if you want to have a recap or remind yourself of what we chose in our top fives we will have a post up on the MediaBoat podcast website mediaboatpodcast.com uh where you can see these so i'll have that up mm-hmm. later today
0: Also, for the first time this year, normally these are audio-only podcasts, but we're going to put them up on YouTube, which is probably where you're watching this right now. So, So hello, you from YouTube. I see you through your TV. Exactly.
1: So, without further ado, let's go back, way back in the Wayback Machine, to the year that was in music, starting all the way back, yes, exactly, to the Wayne's World thing, to January of 2023. It was a more innocent time, wasn't it?
0: It was, as we started the year actually with a couple of notes from the previous year wrapping up, as we started with the Foo Fighters confirming that the band would continue to make new music following the death of their drummer, Taylor Hawkins, of in March of 2022, and which what we did see. Had. We would see that album, and we will actually talk about that album later in the podcast.
1: Yeah, no, honestly, it's impressive the year that they had, kind of a recovery year after the trauma that they went through last year. They really jumped right back up. They had a very hugely successful album, a hugely successful tour. They showed up on SNL, they were on talk shows. Like, they like, and critically, like, and critically, the album has done really well for them too. It wasn't just a fan favorite, it's one of their best reviewed records since their heyday in the 90s, which is wild. Nobody saw that coming.
0: Like I said, I'll we'll get to that later. We'll talk about it later. All right. Uh, But also some wrap-up stories from 2022. Selling of music catalogs where we had Dr. Dre selling his entire catalog to Universal Music and Shamrock Holdings for a $200 million plus deal. And then Britney Spears was once again asking fans for her privacy following the uh, conservatorship ending at the end of last year.
1: Yeah, a recurring theme this year. People thinking that Britney is um a little uh cavalier on her Instagram account mm-hmm. or with her Instagram account. Uh, but more importantly, uh Brittany had a little bit of a redemption year. Uh later we'll talk mm-hmm. about the release of her memoir and how she kind of reclaimed her story, um, which is really important. One of the biggest, I think, one of the biggest stories of the year.
0: Yep. But one of the biggest stories of the year is the Poopsie slime surprise. No, it's not using my no, humps it's not. for my poops. <laughs> I... That was the
1: funniest story of the year that we talked about.
0: Okay, that's uh, yeah, why but... I'm including it here because when I was going back through, I was like, "Oh my god, that's right! That was a yep. thing."
1: Poopsie slime surprise. Poopsie <laughs> that was one of my surprise. favorite. Uh, that was my one of my favorite uh, graphics to do on the the website posts this year was the poopsie <laughs> slime surprise one. Anyway.
0: Anyways, then we moved into February where we had Beyonce make the announcement of her world tour, yes. uh, for her Renaissance album.
1: Now, Which, uh, now a major major motion picture.
0: Yes, we'll get there, but yes, eventually, following the trend, uh, to make it to a mo- motion picture and mm-hmm. hey, seeing it in theaters. Yeah. Uh, we also had Rihanna doing her Super Bowl halftime show, where I would say one of the better ones, uh, especially in recent years. It
1: was pretty
0: good. Especially when she started off with "Bitch Better Have My Money." Oh yeah, I was like, starving. yeah. Yeah, you got to start with that. <laughs> and and then the pregnancy reveal, the surprise duet that she was uh, toting along. <laughs> yes. Uh, then we had uh, Paul McCartney and the Rolling Stones recording for an upcoming album. Also, Regal was on that album, too.
2: Yes. In a uh,
0: surprise, that... your grandfather's father will appreciate this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that came out a month ago. And... Yep was received okay. Seemed like uh, some some mixed reviews. But, uh, but yeah, Rolling Stones still at it in their 80s.
0: But, of course, the biggest story in February is, of course, the Grammys, where we had the record of the year go to About Damn Time by Lizzo, Mm -hmm. album of the year going to Harry's House by Harry Styles, and song of the year going to Just Like That by Bonnie Raitt. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: uh, kind of a mad year for the Grammys. I think everybody agreed that Harry probably didn't deserve that album the year, but here we are.
0: Well, you know, especially against the Grammys nominations for this upcoming year. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one, for but sure. we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing of note from this past Grammys in 2023 for anyone who's doing trivia out there, Beyonce did become the all-time Grammy winner Yeah, in 2023. It's true. Uh, then we get into March and probably the start of some of our stories of the year, including Travis Scott and his tumultuous year. Uh, being with accused uh where he was accused of assaulting a 52 year old man at a New York club. Um, and then that story was immediately followed up by a death toll of a concert uh, by rapper. Glorilla as it rose to uh, three from its initial reporting. And that was an ongoing issue, especially this year, of concert mayhem, I'm going to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, it kind of started last year. Uh, but yes, uh, concert safety was already an issue that was kind of on all of our minds. It's And yeah, 2023 only compounded on it. You can also kind of wrap it into that story the, uh, the recurring theme this year of people throwing shit on the stage. Which just continues to be an issue. Like even Taylor Swift and Beyonce have had to deal with it recently. And it just goes to show you that like just etiquette is just gone away in the concerts, like at concerts, and like something needs to change because the the artists are in danger.
0: Well, that's why I call it mayhem. But you know, yeah, oh uh, yeah, artist safety and just uh, fan safety too at these concerts yeah. just out of control this year. Um, yeah. It's rough. Also in March we had. Uh, the announcement of Kiss going on its absolute final shows, end of the road <laughs> tour, which, as of this recording, yeah, officially ended last night. Um, well, December there you 2nd, go, Madison Square Garden.
1: How perfect, then?
0: Yes, pretty much. that it lines up. The only reason I included that story, but hey, yeah, also because my boss is there. Shout was, out, give me points. Oh, plates. there you go. There you go.
1: I was trying to remember what our our resident uh, uh, Kiss fan and expert uh, was doing, but I think she was in LA Comic Con, so I don't think she was there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> shout out. and shout out. <laughs> And lastly in March uh, we had the dual story of Anita a uh, singer going up against her record label of Warner Records trying to get out of her contract especially taking it public on Instagram which the following week she did get out of that contract only to mm-hmm. then sign with Universal Music Group um, in a better deal for her
1: yeah which has worked out apparently because now she's everywhere again, yes, um, she including <laughs> including her dating uh, uh, life. But we're not going to get into that. That's a whole can of worms.
0: No, we have another person's dating yeah. life to get into later. Uh-huh. So let's move <laughs> into April, <laughs> and we start with Drake, and not Drake, as <laughs> he um, was replaced as a headliner during Lollapalooza Brazil by skrillex mm-hmm. uh literally just a few hours before he was supposed to hit the stage um this would actually segue into a later story with drake about him semi-retiring from music but we'll get there when we and get then
1: there not immediately yeah drake's had a weird year he put out but, another record yeah it said something about stomach issues being being an issue for him And then put out another EP. So who knows? This man, he contradicts himself constantly.
0: Well, that's okay, because that story was immediately overshadowed by the fact that Frank Ocean canceled his Weekend 2 performance after a very tumultuous Weekend 1 performance at Coachella, where people were wondering what was going on, what he was he doing. And then he had to pull out of Weekend 2, only to be replaced by Blink-182, who honestly killed it.
1: We also had a banner year this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Blink was everywhere.
0: Yep. They also put out an album this year. Uh, One more time.
1: Yep.
0: Dot we'll dot talk dot.
1: About that uh, briefly later.
0: Yes. Uh, and la- um, other story hurdle going away on Spotify. Yeah. Unfortunately, well,
1: I don't think anybody misses it.
0: Well, if for anyone who remembers it, <laughs> this is was the in memoriam for hurdle right here. Yeah, right here. And lastly, in April, we had the National Recording Registry for the Library of Congress add to its uh, list 25 recordings, including Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, Madonna's Like a Virgin, Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven, John Lennon's Imagine, Queen Latifah's All Hail the Queen, (laughs) Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young's, Deja Vu. Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. John Denver's Take Me Home, Country Roads. (laughs) Uh, Bobby Gentry's Ode to Billy Joe. Not Armstrong. Uh, Irene Cara's Flashdance. What a feeling. What a feeling. Uh, The Police's Synchronicity. And lastly, Eurythmics, Sweet Dreams, are made of this. Making it solid into the yeah, Making it into the National Registry. It's yeah. surprising that some of these songs weren't already there, you'd think.
1: Yeah, but then again, there's like a, what is it, a, a 30-year eligibility for that?
0: Yeah, but you know, you have like. John Lennon stuff and Led Zeppelin stuff. I'm pretty sure that hit the 30-year right. mark oh, 20 years ago. <laughs> well, yes, but,
1: but yeah, I mean, it's slow because they probably only also
0: do a certain number every year. So,
1: but yeah, pretty solid list and uh, they all they all belong to be there.
0: Right, and, and they also like taking the fact like historical significance and time and length. So yeah, all that fun stuff. So let's uh, move then as we do into May where Ed Sheeran, was found not liable uh for copyright on his uh let on his thinking out loud song for yes. the Marvin Gaye hit Let's Get It On which yes. took forever to get a ruling on.
1: I think it took the entire life of this podcast uh to finish because we definitely recorded it when it first when that first the case first opened mm-hmm. and to see it finally resolve was kind of nice. Um yeah, I mean just to further further evidence that the uh the question of Whether a song is ripping off a classic or just borrowing uh, from a classic is going to happen forever, as long as, uh, you know, popular music is recorded. And this is just another instance of, like, the gray area just being too gray, and that's, I think, the way it should be. I think that we should treat these things as, like, Lego pieces that build a unique building, as opposed to, oh, well, that building's exactly, like, a copy because it uses those pieces. Like, no. Like, Art is about imitation, but repurposing through imitation in a lot of ways. And it always has been.
0: Well, speaking of art, the Supreme Court ruled uh, that the images of prints created by Andy Warhol right. that were based on photos taken by Lynn Goldsmith violated her copyright of those hey, images.
1: You know what? Courts are nothing but inconsistent. So, hey, what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, no, this was a disappointing ruling. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but Yes uh interesting to see if it happened like 50 years after the fact, 60 years after
0: the fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, it may was nothing but disappointing as we had both we had Celine Dion canceling all her shows for this year and next year yeah due to um her uh rare neuro- neurological disorder called stiff person syndrome. Yeah we also had Jimmy Allen being suspended by his agency uh and eventually terminated. Uh, for allegations of sexual assault and battery lodged against him yeah but then more disappointingly we have the Tonys not being televised uh due to the Writers Guild of America strike
1: yeah they were moved back because of this they would eventually happen um but yes um it was a sad moment especially in this house where we love the Tonys and we were sad to almost not have a Tonys this year but they did eventually occur um so that was the at least good news in the end
0: Yeah, didn't they do an unscripted version? They were not
1: hosted, and they did not do any, uh, like, introductions for the categories. They pretty much just had everybody wing it. Right. It was an interesting, chaotic atmosphere, (laughs) uh, to say the least. Uh, I'm glad that era of award shows is over.
0: (laughs) Well, then let's get over into June, where we had Latin music stars go on a three-headed trilogy tour across America featuring Enrique Iglesias, Ricky Martin, and Pitbull. You know, those early 2000s heartthrobs. Yes, maybe. what
1: a what a, what a a tour to go to. Obviously we did not attend this, and I don't think I knew anybody that attended this. But where else are you going to get a chance to see Enrique Iglesias, Ricky Martin, and Pitbull at the same place?
0: I think it's in LA <laughs> this week. Is it this week
1: here? Wow, well, that's <laughs> funny.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's
1: Mr. Worldwide. He can be everywhere he wants to be, so... <laughs>
0: Uh, Then we had some uh, Grammy updates uh, coming out in June, including Mm -hmm. the reducing the top four awards, the song, album, and record of the year, as well as Best New Artist from 10 nominees, Mm -hmm. down to eight, so a Reverse Academy Awards.
1: And now that the uh, nominees have been announced, we've seen the fruits of this effort. And yeah, I think that it makes sense. Um, I think this year is unique in which I think they could have filled in those two extra slots if they really wanted to, mm-hmm. but it does lead to a more focused pool of nominations, and that's fine with me. It seems like they got it right this this year, better than last year, that's for sure.
0: But they also did add three new categories, Best African Music Performance, Best Alternative Jazz Album, and Best Pop Dance Recording i
1: think these are good ads i think they, they these all have like i can probably give you three like for each of these uh categories at least who i think should win uh so there you
0: go <laughs> uh then we get into oh wait one last bit of note in june kesha and producer dr luke settled their definition dispute which eventually led to <clears throat> kesha releasing her album gag order
1: So this actually coincided with the release of Gag Order. um, And the the reason why that album was named Gag Order is because she still couldn't talk about it. But yes, as of June of this year, when they did settle out of court, it's over, uh, for better or for worse. It means that no, unfortunately, Dr. Luke was not found guilty. Uh, There was no actual official verdict here. But what it does do is it lets them both continue with their lives, but especially Kesha, because this allows her... More freedom than she's ever had to record music on her own terms. Because Gagorder, believe it or not, still on his label. You believe that. It's like kind of brutal if you're Kesha to keep having to put out music on this man you revile. And keep making money for him. Uh, And so, yeah. Like, this now ends it. It's a bittersweet note. Like, the note, in fact, specifically, a note was how they released this to the public. And it was a joint statement that they both made about, like, we are happy to move on from this. And yeah, it's a sad it's not ideal uh for Kesha, it's not a win I don't think, but it is at least a way for her to move on. And hey, now she's touring off of uh, Gag Order right now. Uh and she seems to be having a blast doing it. She's reclaiming kind of her artistry and her creativity and her ability to do music on her terms and I'm happy for her at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I mean that album came out. I mean, we I don't think we gave it high praise. I I was...
1: I struggled with Gag Order. It wasn't my favorite of the Mm -hmm. year. There's a couple of highlights, but otherwise it's a muddy record that I think... It's just angry, and maybe I wasn't ready for an angry record at that point (laughs) in the year. Um, It does its job, which is, hey, this is where Kesha's mind was at the time, Uh, but do I want to go back to it that often? Not really. Um, But hey, it's important... In its own way and i'm glad she was able to make it
0: well then let's go into july and talk about an album that you did go back to over and over and over again (laughs) olivia rodrigo announcing her sophomore titled album guts Mm -hmm. did it do we have it yes
1: we do have it in fact we're going to have it later when we talk about it in our top fives uh but yes um good year for olivia uh she kind of had a like surprise everybody by doing it all again. Like, you thought she was, like, the biggest star on the planet with Sour. She just proved it all, all over again with Guts, just showing up on everything and just, uh, like, amazing us with her range. I mean, we'll talk about the record later. But, yeah, it was a, it was a moment, for sure.
0: Yep. Also in July, as mentioned before, Britney Spears was in the news as she was as allegedly assaulted by a member of Victor Webiname's uh, security team in Las Vegas yes it's uh, eh, a weird story a weird crossover
1: story, story between sports and music. <laughs> right yeah no, no. Uh, they
0: kept referring to uh, Victor Webinami as an NBA superstar when he hadn't played a game yet
1: <laughs> future NBA superstar well I guess now well, he was
0: the number one draft pick but yeah I
1: don't know how is how's he doing is he a superstar
0: yet uh no not yet no he's yet yet to win a championship he's yet to win any awards i mean yes but you know what i mean like
1: (laughs) is he doing okay i've heard his team's not great
0: no but he's doing okay he's put up some uh triple doubles uh, already Mm, triple doubles not not those triple doubles
1: sounds delicious (laughs)
0: uh also in july as you mentioned um we had adele actually calling out uh The disturbing trend of people throwing objects at artists on stage.
1: Yes, stop doing that, people. Please, stop throwing things on stage.
0: Yep. We also had uh, the 1975 frontman Matt Healy provide some choice words to the Malaysian government for its extreme anti-LGBTQ laws.
1: I wish Matty Healy wasn't a recurring story this year, but he was, you know, with the stuff with him and Taylor Swift, which thankfully was eclipsed later by a different dating story, but we'll get there um and yeah like and this stuff with the with the show in malaysia i just you know my wish for 2024 less discussion of maddie healy that's that's my that's one of my wishes looking forward that's okay to...
0: let's discuss jason aldean and his uh, controversial music video try that in a small town
1: also in 2024 i wish that i have <laughs> less talk about jason ld <laughs> yeah no this was stupid the video was bad the song is bad even if it wasn't, you no know, no, like dealing with some uh, questionable subject matter, I would still say the song sucked because it's just a bad song. Like
0: even his explanation was very non-political; could go and determined either way.
1: Yes. Uh, Jason Aldean, you know, he tries to walk a walk that even his wife doesn't walk. His wife <laughs> is even more like, like ridiculous than him about this stuff. And yeah, just ask Maren Morris. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's been a rough year. <laughs> For anybody who has to listen to
0: Jason Uh, Speaking of a rough year in August, uh, Lizzo was being sued against her former backup dancers alleged- yes. for alleged sexual harassment and weight shaming uh, during their European tour.
1: Yeah, still not sure how I feel about the story because it kind of felt like this was re- quickly scraped under the rug by Lizzo's yeah. people. I still really wonder uh, what actually happened here. Uh, whether these dancers have a case or not, I mean, we'll never know potentially unless this happens again, like this comes up again. But yeah, because it really did for a second have Lizzo's entire persona under like suspicion. Like, does she actually believe in the things that she touts? Her entire image is based on self love and 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 promotion of like self confidence and stuff. And this kind of just dismantled that completely the story, and it just made me really reconsider. Uh, Wow. Okay, Lizzo, are you who you say you are? But yeah, regardless, she's done a very good PR job of making sure nobody remembers this. And everybody's moved on. Speaking of PR
0: and people moving on, we had Justin Bieber, Demi Lovato, and Ariana Grande move on from Scooter Braun's management.
1: Yeah, mass exodus from Scooter Braun this year, and I'm not really sure what caused it. I don't think anybody still knows. What the root of this was, I don't know if they all became. Wasn't this because
0: he was like selling part of his company?
1: That was p- proposed as a possibility, but I don't know if that actually happened. I don't know if that other shoe dropped there. We were we didn't hear anything about that story again, so I don't know.
0: Right. Whether he was selling part of his uh, p- company and management or he was becoming more CEO involved with uh, Big Machine Records.
1: Well, I know that he was trying to like move away from day to day operations of Big Machine and focus mm-hmm. on the K uh, the, the pop company that he had like invested in. I don't think that that would have caused it though, because I'm sure that those artists weren't day to day interacting with Scooter. I don't know i don't know how it works i don't know how his company worked but um it was weird to have those stories all combined into one and all happen at once it, it's mm-hmm. still very strange to me especially with the what, what was it ariana was the one that kept going back and like the stories kept going back and forth about whether she was or wasn't dropping
0: scooters uh, i think so yeah because it was Justin Bieber was the first one and then debilovato the
1: first one, yeah
0: and then but, ariana grande was the one we were reporting on yeah. as it was happening But
1: Justin was also the unique case because at the same time, he was also talking about stopping touring because of his health issues. So Mm -hmm. I don't know who knows, but either way, Taylor, Taylor probably woke up that morning, read that, uh, read that headline and just did a sigh of relief.
0: (laughs) Hey, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Uh, But also in August, we had a couple of recurring stories with Cardi B and Las Vegas police. um, After uh, lodging a battery case against her for throwing a microphone into the crowd after having a drink thrown on her.
1: Again, audiences, don't throw stuff on stage, but also artists, don't throw stuff back at the audience. Come on, come on.
0: Especially a working microphone where someone can grab it.
1: Yeah, microphones are heavier than a cup. I don't know if you know this, Cardi, but maybe don't throw a
0: microphone. (laughs) Uh, And then also a recurring story with Travis Scott. Uh, He had canceled his... Pyramid concert, <laughs>
2: yes,
0: uh, in front my of the pyramids but... of Giza, yeah. Only to then, literally days later, announce that he was doing Circus Maximus <laughs> uh, tours in Europe and the U.S., uh, starting with the Colosseum. Or yes, the announcement was made in front of the Colosseum. Yeah, the Colosseum.
1: I believe that tour is still going. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. People th- again seem to quickly forgotten about the issues from last year and just
0: moving on. So whatever. That's okay. Some people forget. We don't.
1: We never forget. We're like the elephant of podcasts.
0: <laughs> uh, yes. Super Mario pay our favorite game. To... <laughs> hey, that's not this one. We'll talk about that.
1: In various,
0: but anyways. Anyways, uh, let's move right ahead then into September where we found 50 Cent being uh, getting into some legal trouble after <laughs> striking a concert goer on the head with a microphone.
1: Yes, both Cardi and 50 Cent guilty of the same thing this year. It's weird to group them together, but he, eh, here we are.
0: <laughs> uh, we also had country, surprise country artist Zach Bryan <laughs> <Surprise> uh, by <laughs> Zach Bryan arrested <laughs> uh, for obstruction of investigation in Oklahoma. But was already released on Bond.
1: Yeah, I don't know. This was such kind of a nothing story. And the end of the day, uh, it just did. It was interesting coming out around the same time as his album came out because it did Mm -hmm. like establish this weird, mysterious, is he country or is he not aura around him. And I don't know. That seems to have dissipated. I think now everybody's just like, I don't know. That album (laughs) was (laughs) okay.
0: I mean, everyone finally got around to saying the album was okay. But he still got nominated for Best New Artist.
1: Yeah, and also he did that song with uh, Casey Musgraves, Musgraves. which number one. So I don't know. Yeah, Zach, Zach well, Price, that's because fine. of Casey Musgraves
0: know. and not really because of him.
1: I think he's fine. Uh, just uh, he needs a better microphone. <laughs>
0: that's my opinion. Just one well, that doesn't get thrown to the audience.
1: Yes, please, please.
0: Uh, speaking of throwing microphones into the audience, Stagecoach Twenty Twenty Four lineup was announced and we had some returners including eric church and miranda lambert and then for the first time headlining stagecoach in 2024 is morgan wallen yep,
1: you gotta say his name like that yeah they yeah. now speaking of quickly forgetting um yes <laughs> after uh keeping him off the stage for the last two years uh stagecoach has welcomed back morgan wallen with open arms but hey so did the cmas hey so did the Grammy. So it's all—it's hey, over. So you did pack. their
0: wallets as they raised the prices a hundred dollars for it.
1: Well, I mean, you weren't going to go anyways.
0: No, I was. No, I get to complain because yes, I'm still gonna. I don't know if I can get free tickets. Not spend money on him. <laughs> you still go. No, I would go, and, go. Protest. No, I would go and protest. Go. and just put the Morgan Wallen quote on my shirt. And see how many people get it. Don't,
1: mm, don't do that. That's actually a really bad move. I think that looks bad on you and also him. So no, mm, no, bad, bad idea.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. well, we'll we'll get there. Okay. That's in that's stagecoach 2024.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's next year. That's next year's problem.
0: Anyway. That's next year's problem. Um, let's see here. Also in September, we had oh yeah, Rolling Stones magazine founder, Jan Winner. Yeah. Uh release a book but also while uh, touring for that book, or basically talking about it, uh, he said that black and female musicians didn't Mm -hmm. articulate at the level of the white musicians featured in his interviews. So, as a result, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced that he would be removed from its board of directors.
1: Yeah, this was a real collar-tugging moment. Uh, He just showed his full ass and reminded everybody, hey, the 70s were a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like in this story, encaps like you can encapsulate the entire like history of like the, like modern rock music from 1970s to current day, which is so much of it was dominated by male white opinions. We've slowly moved away from this. But even in 2023, the fact that we have a story about Jan Winter and like this this stuff that he said is really going to show that some remnants of that never disappeared out of the industry. There are some people who still believe the classic rock gospel, you know, like is about these white male artists. And on the fringes, you have the black artists and on the fringes, you have the women. And like, that's literally how he was still talking in an interview this year. Like it's obnoxious. And so to have that come out and being treated the way it is I think was really important because it's like we need to be very clear that time has changed the status quo is different and now like you can't get away with that kind of that, that kind of uh perspective we have so even if you just look at the the, hall, the rock and roll hall of fame for the last decade like so many more women and black artists and other marginalized artists are here and they wouldn't have been if People like Jan Winter were still in charge. So honestly, this was a redemption that was coming. This was karma that was meant to be at some point. And yes, I realize that, you know, some artists are still trying to defend him. Bob Dylan made a con like a, a comment apparently a couple of weeks ago about how he was trying to defend Jan Winter and bring him back into the Hall of Fame. He's old. Give him a break. But anyway, um,
0: yeah, it's just oh, say that you yourself are a old white male reviewer. <laughs>
1: To be fair, I am not a reviewer, nor am I that old. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I am a white male. Uh but it's important to remember uh that yes, uh things have changed and the stuff like that is just not that's not the case anymore. Rock is more diverse than it's ever been and also means less than it's ever meant. Um it's music just has now become such a different animal. It's just you can't have this kind of point of view anymore.
0: Right. Also the rock and roll hall thing, not technically just about rock and roll musicians right i, I mean just look at the dolly Parton more,
1: stuff from last year yeah just yeah you know.
0: just all all music
1: but yeah it doesn't matter but yeah. yeah i don't know so yeah he got his just desserts
0: Delicious. speaking of eating just desserts Katy perry sold her music rights to litmus music for the tune of 225 million dollars Yep. And then Hypnosis Song Funds Music Board announced that they would split its catalog into two different packages, one totaling four hundred and forty million dollars and one totaling about twenty five million dollars. But that's a million was more of the recent purchase from Cobalt, where the bulk of their catalog is in that first package. Money.
1: That's really money and selling artists or selling yeah.
0: artists uh
1: catalogs. music catalogs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Another recurring theme this year, I mean, it's been for the last like four years, I want to say, like, like some artists are just cashing out. This is the most interesting thing I think about this story is the fact that Katy Perry is like, I'm out, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to be like an active touring musician anymore. I'm not going to record actively anymore. If somebody wants to invite me on their show, like I'll cut, co- I'll go. If somebody wants me to be a host, like I'll do it. But yeah, she's just like, all right, I'm good. And you know what? for her i don't even particularly care for katy perry's music that much but to get to a certain point in your career and just be like yeah i feel like i'm done here that's admirable and more artists should consider this you don't have to tour forever
0: especially since she's been in the music industry for what 15 20 years roughly
1: 15 years about like yeah yeah, i want to say the 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 first singles were like 2008 2009 so yeah. yeah but
0: you know it kind of like the five years before that writing artists well yeah Uh, yeah
1: also she had kind of like the you know the other career like before that but it's not important anyways we don't need to go into katie perry podcast here but um (laughs) but yeah i like to see this kind of thing because it's like yeah you don't have to work forever Mm -hmm. if you make a lot of money just relax man no one no one needs no one needs you to go on for the rest of your life
0: Someone should tell that to Usher because he <laughs> was announced as the headlining performer for the 2024 Super Bowl halftime show Well, Usher, Apple Music.
1: Usher is, you know, he's a different animal. Like, uh, I, yeah, I'm curious to see how this Super Bowl halftime show will look. What will look like? If it'll just be Usher? If there will be guests? Spoiler alert: There will be guests. Like, come yes. on, like Usher's not going to be up there by himself. He's not Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> he's not pregnant mm-hmm.
0: either. Um, no. <laughs> I'll say, like, even Riada had a special guest.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, should have, I should have paused. I should have let you do that. That's a way funnier joke. Yes. Uh, but yeah, um, no. Uh, I'm curious to see what this will be. Also, what he'll start with. Uh, yeah. It's probably the biggest uh, Usher song, right? Probably. Confessions. <laughs> I don't know. What, if you were Usher, what do you start with?
0: Uh, I mean, I mean, I think you start. out with bring up uh, Pitbull and uh, mm-hmm. Jennifer Lopez. Oh, just okay. right off the bat.
1: Sure. Yeah. But then again, then you're going to make everybody wonder why isn't this just Pitbull Jennifer Lopez? That would be a better yeah. show, in my opinion.
0: Because you're going to dance them off stage. That's why. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, or you're just going to flex your abs on them. Just bam. Also. Bam. Also. Bam.
1: Uh, do you want to bet? Uh, does he do the? In my opinion, one of the worst usher singles. OMG does he do that song
0: yes he does because then does? you get you the crowd going oh oh, no. oh i hope not i don't wanna
1: i don't know no thank you
0: no thank you all right we'll say yeah. no thank you to september as we get to october which has round out the end of the year here yes with uh someone a man officially being arrested <laughs> in connection to the 1996 shooting of tupac shakur
1: yeah and a weird like resurrecting the past moment um yeah yeah. they must have had some sort of tip somebody gave them a tip and they i don't know somebody got nabbed i don't know it's like it seems like that that was a long time coming and i don't even know if there was a follow-up to this but it happened
0: someone was officially arrested but then also like you said from 1996 to 2023 are we still caring about this
1: also you know, there's also a quotient of people who still think that Tupac is alive somewhere hiding. So who knows? Who knows what's true?
0: <laughs> he's out He's out hiding with Elvis, right?
1: Yeah, he's hanging out with it. No. Elvis would be how old now? Like, no, that, that guy's definitely dead.
0: Okay. Michael Jackson? Is that one?
1: Uh, no, he's definitely dead, too.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tupac, who knows? Uh, he might still things, be alive. Speaking of things that are dead. Yeah. Band camp. Uh, kind of officially died this year as Epic Games sold it to (laughs) Song Trader.
1: Oh god. So yes, the band camp drama continues
0: and then half of its employees were laid off. and then
1: layoffs happened immediately after this. Yeah, it's just sad. Honestly, this is the saddest story of the year for me. Just just talk about taking the one good thing in the music industry and then constantly uh, giving, like, people making people worry that it's going to exist. And yeah, like, SongTrader is a mysterious company. They don't seem to be taking good care of um, the Bandcamp people. Those layoffs, although were partially Epic's fault because Epic was the one who decided not to extend extensions to those uh, employees, but ultimately SongTrader could have re-signed them and they chose not to. It's complicated. The the Bandcamp union actually, I believe, is still in uh, communication with Epic trying to figure out where that where those talks failed um so man good luck to bandcamp united as they continue to fight but uh geez what a mess and it just it really in in a era where streaming doesn't make artists anything unless you're taylor swift like it's really sad to see some good thing that gives artists money like bandcamp being played with by venture capitalists it's just sad
0: speaking of music entity that people don't know if will exist any in the future Uh Drake yes, uh, released for all the dogs but then also declared that he planned to take a break from the recording industry so who knows if we're ever going to get another double album from Drake
1: well I don't know about double album but he did immediately put out a smaller album full of music (laughs) last week so he's not done by any (laughs) any any account but it is interesting to have like a star as big as him admit my tummy hurts. I need to stay home, which is basically what he did. Uh, I mean, we had this happen last year
0: with The Weekend announcing that he was going yes. to stop making music, and then Drake being, you know, yeah. always following the footsteps of The Weekend.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it would the... used to be the other way around. If yes. you recall, uh, The Weekend's big breakthrough was because he was on that Drake album in 2011. He was on, uh, a couple songs on Take Care. Like that was the first time anybody who wasn't reading Pitchfork found out about the weekend and maybe you, because you said you didn't, didn't you see like the weekend, like in some sort of small, I, I saw
0: him in Vegas and I had like, no idea County who he was at the time. You yeah. like, who is this guy? Yes. Little did you know. Little did I know.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, uh regardless. Yes. Uh I just hope we take a break from Drake. We need a Drake break is what I'm saying. I think society needs a break from Drake.
0: All right. Uh well, while we wait for that, society will be taking a break from Bruce Springsteen as he postponed his remaining tour date after a peptic ulcer diagnosis.
1: Yeah, poor guy.
0: Um, and then that brings us into November.
1: Well, not quite. You missed something here.
0: Oh, uh, as Cap- we mentioned
1: Coldplay? earlier, uh Brittany Spears uh oh, yeah. capped off her year by releasing her memoir, uh The Woman Me.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Right at the end kind of again kind of reclaiming her narrative like framing um the story of her life from her perspective it's a fascinating read i re- recommend it to anybody who's at all curious about Brittany mm-hmm. or just the the celebrity machine in general and like how it affects mental health it's a great story that ties all of those things together in a really in a really fascinating way and yeah it really you get a new appreciation, I think, in a lot of cases for who Britney is as a person, was then, and is now. It's like, yeah, fascinating read. And yeah, I think it definitely reframes a lot of conversations that we've had about her and her career over the last 20 years.
0: Also, it's a nice full circle woman with the title being The Woman in Me, one yes. of her first singles.
1: Yeah, well, uh, a line from uh, I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman.
0: Right, right. Um, so yeah, that brings us then to November, where a story from last year, Shakira reached a deal with Spanish authorities to settle her tax fraud case.
1: Yes, she just paid uh, out, so she doesn't yep, have to worry about it.
0: The, uh, the hilarious story of Hall and Oats <laughs> attempting to uh, Hall attempting to block Oats from selling. Hall share in their joint venture I mean to primary h- wave music.
1: <laughs> not hilarious if you're uh, if you're uh, Daryl Hall, uh, but yes, no, uh... <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> uh, just just Hall sues Oats or Oats sues Hall. It, it, a, it
1: makes for an interesting headline, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> yes, it does. And then, lastly, uh, we had the full list of nominations for the tw- the sixty seventh Grammy Awards, where SZA. Ended up leading all nominees with nine nominations, Mm -hmm. but other key nominees included Olivia Rodrigo, Boy Genius, Miley Cyrus, John Batiste, Victoria Monet, Billie Eilish, and Taylor Swift, all of whom will be competing against SZA for Record of the Year.
1: Again, uh, compared to last year, uh, a pretty strong lineup. Uh, I think that there's a chance for an artist that the academy has not already like lauded with trophies can break through. Um, if it's Sizza, that'd be happy to I would be happy to see that. I think she's had an incredible 2023. If it's um boy genius, that would be a shocker. And really a an underdog story for uh three artists who you know ostensibly came from the DIY scene, which is a big deal. Uh and then or Olivia Rodrigo, kind of a comeback second, a uh, second uh attempt after sour did not win album of the year in 21 there's a lot of storylines this could go any way. also miley cyrus a lot of people say think that she's getting her flowers this year by being nominated for all these categories um it could go all sorts of ways
0: yeah i mean we did see kind of the doubling down with john batiste billy eilish miley cyrus olivia rodrigo mm-hmm. um we also had the uh fun little banter of having both victoria Bonet and janelle monet being nominated in the same year. Yeah. So we have a Monet and Monet situation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, we, that, that's through November. Since we're recording this beginning of December, we don't have any really December stories to tell. So we have to kind of pick a story now.
1: Oh boy, I don't know. <laughs> this is going to be the toughest one, I think, of all four categories this year because there wasn't really one big narrative, I, I'm tempted to go back to concert safety, but we did that last year.
0: Right, uh, and I'm tempted to do artists selling their music, but we talked about that last year too.
1: Um, I think an angle that we could do that that has come to mind here, we can talk about big tours because one thing we didn't really talk about that did continue throughout the year was the well we mentioned Renaissance, but like the dual existing like uh like concert tours that shattered records, the Eras tour and the Renaissance tour uh, they happened throughout the entire calendar calendar year. they had their ups and downs um some amazing performances, but also, you know a fan unfortunately did pass away in Rio before an Eras tour concert over there um so you had this like, and then they both had, theatrical releases of their concerts, respectively, um, that also are did or are looking to shatter records. Um, it's a fascinating story. It's, it's, it almost feels like a comeback for the big con- tour and the big concert because we had missed that in the pandemic years. And I think this was a lot of people bringing that excitement from not being able to have this for so long.
0: Um, right, but I think between the Ares tour and the renaissance tour i think really only one of them wins out between the two i
1: mean yes the Ares tour is probably the biggest story um interestingly enough though it also has a tie into what i think is other, the other biggest story here and is kind of the story in all th- four of these actual uh after, four of these industries this year which is the conversation of which artists get paid and which artists don't because alongside the Era's tour headlines were headlines saying Taylor Swift's a billionaire now because of the Era's tour. Oh, she made $100 million just from streaming revenue on Spotify alone. Like, she's benefiting from the way that the music industry is set up. But who isn't? Any artist who's trying to sell their stuff on Bandcamp. Any artist that's trying to tour that's not as big as a Taylor Swift. Like, it's the massive effect of the Eras tour only can exist because of all of the smaller artists that struggle that can never or like can never have like go to those lengths never enjoy that kind of su- like success just because of the way it's set up it's set up so the taylor swift succeed and the i don't know like the the i'm trying to think of a band i don't know like boy genius <laughs> the, well no not even boy genius boy genius somehow like has transcended this but like there are so many other artists that are probably that started just like boy genius like uh, members started just like you know lucy dacus just like julian baker started pb kind of a half nepo baby um and so like you have to like consider like the- there's so many people that cannot ever get to there because the cards are stacked up against them and i think those stories are connected they only exist because the other one exists. And it's it's really unfortunate to see the music industry get here. Even the even if at the same time, I can say the Aeros tour seemed amazing and Taylor is a great songwriter. I think both of those things can be said. But like, yeah, it just, it's the best time in the world to be a huge, like, recording artist. And it's the worst time in the world to be a small recording artist. I
0: think
1: it's just, that's how it is.
0: I mean, so do we just say this was Taylor Swift's year then?
1: Well, I mean, I think that, <clears throat> that simplifies it. I think we say that the Eras tour is probably the story because like it was, it was the, all anybody could talk about like all year and for various reasons. It framed the record release se- uh, seasons too. Like you have Drake in this aforementioned uh, recent smaller like EP release. There's a line in it that says, that uh, where he basically is saying hey taylor's the only person i move my album for because he did he had to move the release of for all the dogs because it was going to coincide with 1989 and he said basically he's admitting she's the only person that he respects enough to do that it changes or the
0: only person he fears enough to not get like <laughs> yeah fear is a number. word yeah
1: but yeah, it's like it, it, she she has that level of power now. Where here her concert dictated dictated the album release schedule. Like it dictated the box office when she announced the release of the film. Movies studios moved their movies to the next week.
0: I mean, she also had people doing ARGs on Google. <laughs> yes. To, yes, to determine the song list.
1: We solved a bunch of puzzles like on Google. You're right. Like it's just. It was a story that dominated. And also we learned way too much about our dating like life from these concerts.
0: Like Yes. Uh so long. Um <laughs> j- yeah. all all win, Justin Alwyn. Yeah, dude, um Yeah. Matt Healy hardly knew you. And then <laughs> Hello Taylor Swift or Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey.
1: Yeah, it's just man, it just really and was
0: thus naming my fantasy team Mahomi Taylor Swift. Yes.
1: But yeah, I, I think that it's probably the story of the year, but I, I want to make sure that I've that heard when I say it is the story of the year, not just because of how important it was and how big it was and how joyful, honestly, those concerts were, but also because of the disparity that it proves. It just proves that the music industry is fundamentally broken. It's weighed way too much in the favor of the already successful. If you're trying to start, you're just you're out of luck. It's so hard. And yeah, never has the disparity felt more weighed in one direction than the other, than it is now.
0: So is that our story, then, music disparity?
1: I mean, uh, well, with the Aeros tour being kind of the catalyst for it. but Really the Aeros tour, because it's... it's, But I just want to make sure that I'm saying that without forgetting that there's so much more the industry could do if it just dismantled itself and rebuilt it with an artist point of view which is probably never going to happen as long as capitalism exists but truly like that's what would have to happen for things to change
0: so congratulations taylor swift the Eras yeah. tour i guess so. you are the story of the year from your media about 2023
1: <laughs> for better or for worse
0: your anyway. um uh your award is in the mail congratulations <laughs> <laughs> no it's not
1: we don't have them, but if somebody wants to pay us to make physical awards and send them to people, we'll do it.
0: Oh, we'll do it. All right. But what we will do. Yes. Is give you our top five albums.
1: And indeed, it is time, finally, to do so. And I am going to say, how about you go first? Because you have a perfect segue.
0: Yes, because my number five album, as I typically do, is not one, but two albums. But hey. They're both kind of the, from the same artist,
1: and they're both
0: kind of the same version. They just also just happen to come out in the same year. And I am talking about uh, Speak Now and 1989, Taylor's version mm-hmm. by Taylor Swift. Yes. So is it really an end-of-the-year list if Taylor's not on at least <laughs> one of our uh, Yes. Lists?
1: Yes, it is. It can be, especially if it's not a new album. I'm oh, sorry. I... <sighs> told myself i i kept myself from including these on the list because i don't think they count but you, okay dang, this it's is your not, show too do whatever you want
0: yes well yes it's not technically new songs they are new recordings and there yeah. are bonus songs from I the vault i mean you had yes some top-notch bonus tracks like i can see you uh don't say go and the aforementioned oh uh, wait no not aforementioned. we never mentioned it but she did <laughs> scream it slut with yes. the exclamation, the exclamation point, point all into it mm-hmm. yep uh, but yeah, I mean, if just even beyond that, it's gotten Taylor Swift's new albums kind of back into my rotation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, plus we did the uh, the March Madness Taylor tourney yes. earlier this year. So while we were doing that, we said, hey, we got the new recordings coming out. So got me more excited for that. Just mm-hmm. I think uh, that plus the era tour, plus all talk about Taylor like every other week it felt like just got me more and more excited for when these were going to be announced. We talked about how they were going to be announced when they were announced uh, during the arrows tour, all the like fantasy uh, conspiracy theories from the fans. And it just like, I think helped build the hype around both of these albums that Mm -hmm. when they came out, they did feel like an event. Yeah. No,
1: I think Um, you're right. Um, Just like the, the, they felt like moment like event moments in in an era where we don't really get a whole lot of like event moments like taylor can still mm-hmm. pull it off and i think they delivered um i think both of the re-records are pretty solid i know they, there's critics out there that you know have one thing to say or another about like some of the re-records but ultimately the vault tracks really were like showed up this year more so on 1989 i mean um uh, on uh, my end of the year playlist uh one of those vault tracks is on there. Um, so yeah, like it just goes to show you that like there is a lot of value in this project. Still, there's a reason why she continues to do it. And yeah, it's, it's impressive that she manages to knock it out of the park almost every time.
0: Yeah, I mean that's why it's here, number five. Um, I did have another album there that was going to be there, <laughs> uh, but uh, ultimately, I listened to probably these albums a lot more. Yeah. Uh, which is why it just ends up at my number five list. Um at my number four position is the country album. Uh yeah. I was put at least one of these on here. <laughs> Might be a little surprise to you. Uh, but yes. I would wasn't not originally a part of this list, but as I was looking uh at the music that I listened to, gone back to it, um, uh, and I was like, you know what? This actually is a good album. I'm talking about a cat in the rain by Turnpike Troubadours, Uh, the first album from them in seven years, technically since they broke up in, like, 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, They put out a new album after touring, and, yeah, it's a storytelling album. It's kind of one thing that I kind of look for in albums is, does it tell a story front to back? And The Cat in the Rain does that. It's got some really good moments on it, um, especially Mel Harmonies from Brought Me and Chipping Mill, uh, as, as well as Lucille, just there's a lot of good hits in there, not necessarily gonna be for everybody, mm-hmm. though. Um, this is definitely a grower, not a um, hit after hit. <laughs> yes, it's weird to talk about grower on that, <laughs> but the more I listen to it, the more I appreciate it. And no, I know that's what the one thing the turnpike does is that their songs are not just songs, they're stories, they're folk. Mm-hmm country bluegrass stories mm-hmm. that, that kind of hit.
1: It's Every now of, and then,
0: yeah. they, they, hit, they hit well.
1: It's one of the staples of the genre, if done correctly, is it's a genre built on storytelling. And I'm glad that there are still traditional leaning acts like this that can still do music like this. It is interesting, like you said, that this is here because your first listen was not a super positive one. I remember when we talked about it that week, I thought you were going to be super glowing. I thought you were going to come in being like, oh, this is so good. This is exactly what I wanted. Instead you were like, kind of muted. You were like, yeah, it's not exactly what I wanted right now. There's not really any hits on it. Like, I remember you were pretty down on this. But again, like you said, sometimes albums sneak up on you. And I'm going to talk about one that snuck up on me too um, in my list. It's like, sometimes you'll just, it'll be in rotation. You'll just like, it'll come back up and you're like, you know what? Yeah. At the end of the year, you'll just be like, yeah, no, I really did actually like that. And then like, maybe I like that more than these other things. In fact, even though I kind of, maybe dismissed it or didn't think much of it when i first heard it and that's the one of the fascinating things about music to me is that you can have something that you immediately catch on to that's immediately got a great hook and you're like oh i'm there this is definitely my number one but then 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 there's stuff like this where you're like don't even know that it's like sneaks into your brain and just like camps out there and it's just fascinating what music can do
0: because i did try to listen to uh a cat in the rain like twice yeah. that, that first time I listened to, it, I was like yeah. okay it's not really grabbing me but I know something's here yeah. and then just given space and time here we are at the end of the year going back to it it hooked me it's yeah. like yeah this is a good album it just I mean, took me a while this, to get there
1: you can say the same thing about uh, video games because I think these two categories are similar in the way that they're structured which is you can listen to something over and over and over again just like how you can play a game over and over and over again and like it's different as it goes on, the narrative you create with your relationship to the art evolves in a mm-hmm. way that it has. Yes, you could do the same thing with TV and video, uh, movies to a certain extent. But I think more so with music, because it's so bite sized you can really just like, oh, no, though, like the fourth time I listened to this album, something that I didn't even think about clicked. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, I get it now. Like, I get what they were trying to do. Uh, like, uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's 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 really cool.
0: Uh, but that is only my number four album yes. at three we have uh the aforementioned foo fighters album but here we are yep so I set this up at the top of the uh top of this episode as we talked about foo fighters coming out with a new album and it hits this thing is a good album from front to back do note though going into this it's heavy album it's gonna feel weighted But it's also going to feel like a return to form Mm -hmm. uh, where a lot of the the songs on it do feel like they draw a direct connection to uh, the first time Taylor Hawkins appeared as a drummer on it with uh, the album The Color and The Shape Mm -hmm. uh, back in the 90s, which had a lot of their initial hits that Foo Fighters fans immediately grabbed onto. So when I listened to But Here We Are, it immediately felt like that. It felt like, oh, I can see the direct line of Foo mm-hmm. Fighters Legacy, not just from there, but everything from there. Because uh, as a uh, more or less casual kind of passing fan of, yeah, they have good hits. I don't feel like they have good albums, but <laughs> their hits are hit when they hit. Right. But here, this is a damn good album. You can definitely feel Dave Grohl and Team Just pouring their heart into this, um, not just for Taylor Hawkins, but also kind of cathartic in trying to get all this emotion that they have in them Mm -hmm. from this sudden passing out into the world. And it just, it felt like a good time for it to be put out, but also it gives you all this emotional and feelings from Mm -hmm. it from start to end that by the time you get to the end of the album, it feels like, oh. I can let go i can release all these feelings like everything that i've been pinned up in me like in terms of like loss not just for taylor hawkins but just for in general loss for people in your life that you can feel like you can let go from it
1: mm-hmm. catharsis is the word i would use it's, it's really a cathartic record and um yeah i was surprised with how good this thing is um i'm up i like you am up and down with foo fighters i think they have some classics i mean everlong like mm-hmm. one of the best rock songs period Um, and like, it's cool to hear them. I mean, it's unfortunate the circumstances that led them here, but it is cool to hear Dave Rolfe seen actual, like, feel like inspired in a way, like, like wanting to make music, not even necessarily like they used to, but like a interesting modern synthesis of their sound from the nineties and their more modern sound that incorporates all the things people love about Foo Fighters and put it into a record that feels like a statement the songs do flow because they all come from the same source of like of like you said like that source of grief that source of community that come came from that grief i feel like they took a lot of the vibes from the um the tribute concert that they did for taylor um and put that into the music you can really feel The need for banding together, everybody becoming a community, uniting as one to celebrate a life, but also mourn a life and all the complicated in between feelings that are in there. And the songs really do that, including uh, the last two songs on the record, which I think are just powerful statements, um, just about like you can really feel the pain, but also the hope, hope and the optimism about going forward. Like, they could have easily been like, nah, that's it for Foo Fighters. But they didn't. And this album proves that they had something left in them that they needed to say. That they think that there's a worthwhile pursuit here.
0: Especially with those last two songs, because they both more or less say the same thing of, you can have your loss, Mm -hmm. but you can also continue the legacy and memory of that person by teaching and passing it on to more people, to outside of just your inner circle.
1: I, I, yeah, I think it's, it's cool uh, that this was able to happen again in unfortunate circumstances, but considering mm-hmm. what they had to work with, it's amazing that we got the, this thing, uh, this statement that is so clear and concise and honestly a great tribute. Like, honestly, it's the, it's the thing that they like, I think it's the thing that weirdly, to, weird to say, but Taylor would have wanted them to do like, just keep going, mm-hmm. make life affirming music again. And that's what they did.
0: Yeah. Uh. So yeah, that's why it's here at, at number three. Yup. That doesn't mean I have two other albums <laughs> uh, over that. Uh, starting with probably my most listened to album, <laughs> at least one of them. Uh, and we have it. I have it. <laughs> Do you, Do you, have, you it? have it? I
2: don't know.
0: Guts. Yes. Olivia Rodrigo. Uh. You have to say in because it's all caps. Guts you kind of scream it but yeah um i think we gave this the 2021 media boats album of the year for sour yes we did uh yeah and then you know she released vampire and i think we were both kind of wondering what the hell is this thing gonna be (laughs) yeah because we uh we were very tepid on, on vampire when it was released, but then we got the album. Uh, got no, no,
1: that is you have revisionist history, uh, friend. I, I was loved that song. You were I was tempted on it. ambivalent about it. No, Vampire was blew me away the first time I listened to it.
0: Okay, I had very trepidation <laughs> because it wasn't exactly <laughs> yes. like wondering where she was gonna go. She didn't really pick a lane from yeah. sour.
1: It wasn't so. driver's license, but it wasn't good for you either. It was something new. Right. And it really yeah, it surprised me in the way that it kind of was able to combine a lot of her strengths into one. And the rest of the record really just fully proved that that she could really do whatever she wants.
0: Right. I mean, especially when she started with uh, All American Bitch, just that mm-hmm. continued the me- melodic into power rock, right back into melodic <laughs> in the same right. song. <laughs> yes. It just proves like, yeah, she can, she's just showing her range here and showing that she's not going to stay in no. column A or column B. She's she going refuses- to have this.
1: Yes, she refuses yes. to be categorized is yep. the thing that she's trying to prove. And
0: it works. And yeah, Guts does that. Mm-hmm. Uh once again, following in the four letter naming of sour. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. It's I mean, I think the title of the album is aptly named because it does take guts not just to be a rising pop star mm-hmm. in this uh in this world, but also just to be a teenager. you you are like, to, yeah, to figure yeah.
1: out like yeah, to, to go into adulthood. It does. It, it's yeah, it's about all of those things.
0: Uh, but yeah, I mean, spoilers. We're not really teenagers, but no, you don't still, think so, no,
1: no, no. no. Really. But
0: hey, I mean, the album still hits with us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about it when it came out that all the success it's gonna have for it. Uh, still waiting for like that first single to like actually hit on the top ten. But hey, mm. I have seen. <laughs> And heard a lot of these songs on different trailers, though, oh, so yeah. it's got that going for it.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll hold some of my thoughts because this <laughs> is on my list as well. Uh, but yes, uh, just really surprised me uh, with how good it was. I was expecting it to be good, but I think even my expectations were 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 beaten. So
0: it's okay. We have uh, <clears throat> till twenty twenty five to see if she can uh, do a triple crown. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sure she can. All right,
0: and that brings me to my number one album and. Yes. Hey, a surprise number one album. It was a
1: surprise to me when I opened this document this morning.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Um, it was a surprise to me as I listened to it, went back to it, um, and definitely went back to it because this thing's not going to appear on any of my like playlists or like, <laughs> end-of-the-year lists. Yeah. However, However, The Age of Pleasure by Janelle Monae yeah. is in itself a perfect album, I believe. Wow.
1: Wow, that is a statement.
0: Yes. And it's a statement that's my number one album because it's not something I'm gonna go back to. It's not something I'll say, hey, you need yeah. to listen to this. It's something that just for some reason or another resonates with me <laughs> as a complete album from front to back. It delivers on this seamless flow of just this jazz kind of new like hip hop like rhythmic vibe into it that takes you on this like wild journey uh, from the glass onion actress herself. Yes. Uh, actually taking a break because you did like three films of before returning back to music Uh, but yeah it's a different album it's a kind of feels like a unique album in its in its way but just the way everything flows from beginning to end it's just a journey it's a vibe it's Mm -hmm. Got all those sexual undertones without being overly <laughs> sexual as well. I don't know. Have
1: you seen the cover of that record?
0: Uh, Yes. Multiple times, actually. <laughs> multiple times, huh? <laughs> don't tell uh, me anything yeah. more. Uh, <laughs> Every time I open up the app, it just writes right there.
1: Yeah, it's right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's not why I'm coming back to it. No, no. No, <laughs> that's nothing to do with it.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, no. um Yeah, no, I'm, I'm one. I'm, yeah, I'm a little surprised to see it here. But at the same time, I'm not because if I've learned anything about uh, about you in the last uh, however many years, um is that you love albums that are a vibe. You love the vibe. I
0: this like the, the vibe. vibe and I like albums that surprise me. And this album surprised yeah. me with how much I liked it.
1: You know what? It surprised me, too. um I have someone in my life that is a very, uh, very well versed in the Janelle Monet over. and um, But besides that, I wasn't super um, like knowledgeable about her music going into this. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I really did enjoy it. Um, But like you kind of said, it didn't really stick with me. It wasn't something I came back to a lot. Um, But I'm glad that it really stuck with you. Um, And I'm glad that you really had a moment with it. Uh, Because yeah, I think that what's there is very impressive. Um, We didn't mention, but yes, it is it is in that granny conversation. Unfortunately, I do believe it will be overshadowed, but it just goes to show that people are like, um, uh, like aware. Of aware of Janelle Janelle's and, artistry yeah. and are trying to reward, uh, reward it. It's just like, yeah, uh, I don't. Really I have think also because it's hey, but you said it.
0: It's it's definitely a break from her previous albums, which were very like hard electronic and kind of futuristic. But then again, oh. that was kind of the vibe in. the like early 2010s when she was putting out albums
1: i mean it was because like from from what i gather is that that they were all pretty concept-minded projects
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i mean janelle does have a fascination with like science fiction um that uh shows up in a lot of a lot of those albums this is less so it's like less conceptualized but um but maybe, maybe in a way it it, it uh, succeeds because of that. It's not burdened by being a narrative for something else. It can kind of just free flow, do what it wants, and that's that's in its own way really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean that's kind of more or less what the album does. It just free flows from one song to the next, and just takes you on this kind of magical, mystical journey um, with janelle leading the charge i <laughs> guess swimming swimming ahead of the
1: pack there
0: yes that, that's a good way of putting it swimming ahead <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right well very cool i'm glad i'm glad that one really resonated with you yep
0: all right uh but you now have five yeah. albums of which to dazzle records. me with
1: i don't know if you're gonna be dazzled um uh, <laughs> but i will start with one we've already talked about uh so i'll be brief but yes my number five is Olivia Rodrigo's Guts. Uh, it's on here because it was something I uh, returned to a lot this year. And like I said, it blew away my expectations and my expectations were high. So I was like, like really surprised with how much I was impressed uh, with a lot of stuff. Like you said, the range she shows, those genre wise on this record is wild. Like she goes from pop to rock to like whatever hell the hell, like the vampire is like these weird (laughs) hybrid songs that are just whatever they need her whatever she needs them to be at any moment and at the same time you have that genre experimentation uh with like like you said like really poignant stories from her perspective really relatable teenage stories about like coming of age and some of them coming of age while being also a celebrity it's the difference i think between guts and sour is a what what a couple years will do with like your world like your perspective on the world. You have a lot of like themes of heartbreak carrying over, but you also have new themes about like social anxiety and like situations where she's like tossed into ha- being in, like having to talk to a lot of people, a lot of strangers that she's never been with. Like "Ballad of a Homeschooled Girl" is an interesting song because it's basically just like, no, I still feel like I'm screwing these things up even though I'm Olivia Rodrigo, you know, ostensibly this person who is, you know, has the celebrity to her, like she still feels awkward in social conversations. Like she still feels like she shouldn't be there because of this person. She was this homeschooled television actress that like didn't really like, it just doesn't have the vocabulary that a lot of people who are just like live normal lives do. And it's like really interesting to see that perspective. And then some of the highlights on here are when she gets really real with that version of her, and like how that affects um, like how she even deals with relationships. Um, but like the one crowning thing for me that really like like felt like I had to talk about this record at the end of the year was the very last song uh, where she t- kind of talks about like, um, I'm forgetting Where she got name. her
0: teenage dream.
1: Yeah, teenage dream. Thank you. Um, we're not a cover of the Katy Perry song, uh, fortunately <laughs> or unfortunately. Uh, where she talks about like just the self-doubt that comes with the celebrity like talking about like well will like even if I am like the best years of my life obsessively, people tell me that I'm in the best years of my life and this is my peak what if it's not what if I'm not like what if that what if I under deliver then will people forget about me it's an interesting parallel to um, the Taylor and Phoebe duet nothing new that was a, a, a vault track on red Taylor's version It also kind of talks about this, like, supposed future where you see an artist wonder, like, well, what happens if I don't deliver? What happens if I'm replaced by the next new hotness? What happens when this ends? What am I worth to these people? Are these people just going to throw me away instead of, like, treating, like, actually considering, oh, wait, maybe I actually was worth it. Maybe I did do the right thing. Maybe I am good instead of just being good enough. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for someone as young and new to this business as Olivia is to already be feeling that. And it's such a great portrait of where she is right now in her life. 19 and yet still feeling like she's aging out almost of her peak years. It's it's sad. It's really, really sad. And it's stuck with me all year. Um, So yeah, Guts is an incredible record. I think it's better than Sour. Uh, Feel free to argue with me in the comments. Um, (laughs) But but, uh, yeah, it definitely... uh, Best pop record of the year.
0: I could. I, could I mean, it is nominated safe. for Grammy uh, album of the year. So yeah, and
1: I hope she gets some nods. Um, I feel like that performance alone, vocal performance alone, in Vampire is enough to get that pop vocal performance Grammy. I think she has that in the bag, but I've been wrong before, so we'll see. <laughs> All right, let's move on to number four, where I have. Uh, another album that was earlier in the year that really stuck with me, which was Indigo D'Souza's "All of This Will End." If you recall, back in nineteen twenty, I forget, or no, twenty-one. This was my record of the year. I want to say a couple of years ago. It was. It's been a minute. Uh, but yeah. Uh, her last record, I really, really loved this record, almost better in a lot of ways. It's just that this was such a good year that there are so many other things that I wanted to talk about, but. Indigo is amazing. She writes such great indie rock songs. Like she's part of a great Saddle Creek pantheon now. And it really shows that she's like reverent of that legacy, but also trying to create something new. And she does both. Uh, She's similar to Olivia in the way where they're young and taking like that younger perspective, but also putting that into the like the context of the history of the songs that they love. Like they're very inspired by the artists that have gone before them and want to emulate them in a new fresh way. And Indigo does that here. Uh, There's some great highlights on this record. Um, One that sounds like a, a 2003 Rilo Kylie song, which is great. Um, There's another uh, like song on here where she's almost doing like a straight up like adult contempt, like ballad where like, it just really surprised me. I was like, this could just air on like the, the radio but like it still feels like her, it still feels like something that she is, she is owned from her perspective, her unique artist perspective, and it's like some of the greatest, like some of the best music I've heard in a while. Like she's just, she just cranks them out, and, and honestly, three perfect records so far. Like I don't know if she's ever going to slow down. I really hope she doesn't because she's really on a roll. So, yeah. I know you're probably not going to have much to say about these because you did not listen to these, right? I did not listen to
0: these, but I am trying to find out <laughs> when you listened to Philip to, uh, uh, to Indigo D'Souza and yeah. um, didn't find it in 2020 or 2021. So I think one of those where you didn't talk about it on the weekly podcast, Maybe. but you did. Uh, it I up, think I here did put the it year. On my year end. I do that yeah. a lot. <laughs> I don't you need to bore y'all more during stuff. the calendar year
1: uh, with all the things. Because yeah, because if we really did everything I listened to, there'd be some weeks where I was, we were doing like the thought section for like five, like for an hour, talking about like five different things I listened to. So we can't do that. We can't do that to our listeners.
0: No, but you do have it here, especially with your number three. I
1: yes. <laughs> move on to our number three, where I have Jeff Rosenstock's Hell Mode. So um, I'm relatively uh, a recent convert to the the church of Jeff Rosenstock. Again, someone in my life has guided me um, to the to the the path to his music, and yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here because holy crap, Hell Mode rules, um, and Jeff rules in general. But this one really really uh, blew me away. Um, it's just a perfect balance of a record where you can have songs that are just we this cathartic screaming at the void about everything that makes you angry, whether it be the perpetrators of gun violence, about the question about what your future will hold, about just general anxiety, like all of these things, Jeff has always been very good about like single like just raucous punk sing-alongs to things that like things that uh just you just want to just uh just destroy, just just with pure will alone. But Hellmode also highlights that he's good at the other side of that too, which is talking about the quieter moments, Uh, and he does that a lot here. There's a one song heel mode, uh, which is basically just about his experience. He's recently moved to LA, and it's about experience, just a rainy how he feels on a rainy day in Los Angeles, and seeing how I can relate to this, uh, experiencing a lot of having experienced a lot of rainy days inside in Southern California. It was nice to hear like someone else kind of have. That perspective and kind of learning the, the the joys of that that new experience, and it's a very nice, calm, peaceful song, and kind of surrounded by these bigger like punk anthems, and so it's a really cool balance he's able to strike here in Hell Mode, and it really it really worked for me.
0: Oh, that's good that it's um, able to strike a different kind of chord with you. I mean, it might be a bit more of a personal chord than would say most people.
1: I see what you did there.
0: Yes. Or... D- double chord. <laughs> uh, power chord. Power chord. Uh <laughs> it might be a little more personal because like you said, it, it does describe kind of your current lifestyle waiting for <laughs> wait rainy days when they come, 10 days out of the year. <laughs>
1: right. Or actually, I don't know, this April is like practically the whole month. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh yeah, I think that, that that's it's cool that Jeff's an artist who can both like feel really engaged in the moment, but also feel like inflicted by the own, own, the way he lives his life, um, he feels like he wants to be like, he, and he is uh, a like a spokesperson almost for like the like the oppressed people in indie music. Like he wants to, he's always made it from what I can gather uh, one of his career goals to make like to be a, a, a mouthpiece for people like for musicians who are just trying to make it work, you know, in the in these trying capitalist you know like music industry times and and that still exists here he's still very much that that artist but he's really expanded that scope here and it's really impressive to see
0: this is going to get you trying to convert more people to him
1: oh i mean i always do i always try <laughs> <laughs> why do you think i post my playlists on spotify or on uh, spotify on uh twitter and yeah, i want I'm like hey check this out people check this out <laughs> anyway but yeah that's that's hell mode uh moving on so I mentioned that just like your experience with Turnpike Troubadour, every once in a while an album really sneaks up on you. I had one of those albums this year. Uh, and this was "Safe to Run" by Esther Rose. You probably are thinking, I have never mentioned this person ever on the podcast. Yes,
0: I am literally trying to find this person in in any type of like capacity no. from the past year.
1: No, and that's the thing is I didn't even know who she was until uh, 2023. So it was I. I was just doing my usual music discovery on blogs, just like listening to things for the first time. So one of her singles and I was like, Oh, this is nice. Uh, she sings kind of like a, a traditional country adjacent uh, uh, country music. Um, but in that alt country kind of Margot Price kind of way. Um, and yeah, and she this is not her first album anyway, just the first one I listened to. And then I kind of listened to the record and I, I liked it. All right. But I didn't really anticipate how much it would stick with me. And then in the last few months specifically, in the last couple of months, I kept returning to it over and over and over again. And it really just solidified in my mind. Like, oh no, actually, almost every song on this record I really love. Like, and when you get to that moment with an album, you have to decide, oh wait, no, maybe this is actually one of the best albums of the year. Maybe I didn't think about it, but it just kind of crept up there and just eventually just happens to you. Some music just happens to you. And this is this is one of those moments. It's just... Some of the best country, again, adjacent songwriting. It doesn't sound like, you know, like modern country radio. Uh, but it sounds like country, like from like decades ago. It's a very, it's got a very seventies vibe to it. Um, and it's just, it's, yeah, uh, Esther has a great voice. She really comes from that, like that country tradition and like vocal wise, uh, trying to emulate the past in that way. But also the songs are pretty modern. Um a songwriting sensibility that has a very uh modern uh sense to it and uh it combines in a really great way uh and yeah there's countless songs down here that really really work for me um and it's just it's just a pleasant listen in a year where i needed some pleasant listens every once <laughs> in a while uh considering just the roller coaster of 2023 so uh yeah i can't i i I don't really even know how to really continue. I just think people should listen to this, especially if you're at all interested in country music. I think you, you and Kristen, should give this a shot. I think uh, okay. you might find some things to like about
0: it. Yeah, I mean, we're always looking for new artists, new artists to help like promote and like yeah. jump easy early on the bandwagon too, especially country artists. Um, but yeah, if it, as as I mentioned, one of my key factors in trying to figure out which albums to put on my list is. Is it good front to back? Is there yeah. enough songs on here that I don't want to skip that I want to continuously listen to? It sounds like you had a fun time listening to this one as well.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Recommend, recommend for sure.
0: But it's not my number one.
1: My no. number one, I knew this was going to be my number. this was what the opposite thing, which is the first time I heard it was like, ah, no, this is this is it. This is number one with the bullet. And I'm happy to report that it is a band that I've been a fan of for a while now. And I'm happy to see them get this moment to shine. I the Window by Rat Boys. Uh, Rat Boys, a band I've been following for, God, half a decade now. I want to say since 2015, 2014. And they just get better every single release. Uh, just every time they release a new album, I'm just like, oh, wow, this really, really expands their sound. Like they've like gotten so much better at this kind of songwriting. Like this is the absolute peak of that. They've really just shot up in their abilities as musicians uh as writers uh it's just a moment for them yes they did get an assist this time i mentioned this when we talked about it briefly on the podcast but um this uh the window is uh co-produced by uh, chris Walla, former member of death cab for cutie and now producer extraordinaire um and it really shines the production work on this thing catapults it from something that was already great to like something that's like immaculate in so many of the songs these songs just glisten, they shine, and they just, like, they just really jump out at you in the production, just... The the instruments are just, like, they're so varied in their sound. The tones of every song are just so different going from track to track. But it all feels, still, like Rat Boys, and they have a really unique style to them. They take some cues from country, like, there's there'll be slide guitar every once in a while. They take some cues from indie Rock. They take some, like... They're, they're not like, they're really hard to pigeonhole into one particular genre, which I love. But at the same time, they're so consistently good in everything they do. And just to hear them get like, as the the music uh, uh, review cliche goes, to level up their sound, uh, they really achieve that here in a way that you can really, really hear. And I'm just so happy for them. I'm just so proud of them. Another one of my favorite bands that I haven't seen yet live, but I really want to. And this really just especially with this group of songs, the best songs they've written so far, I'm more excited than ever to potentially see them.
0: You know, that's also a good uh, standard is would I see this in concert? Yeah, for sure. The fact that you're wanting to actively try and seek go out to this concert uh, is definitely a good indicator of how good an album can be.
1: Yeah. The last thing I'll say about it is the title track, The Window, which is Mm -hmm. the centerpiece of the record is just one of the most touching songs about loss that i've ever heard it just gets me every single time i listen to it it's especially in a year like 2023 where so many of us have lost whether it's somebody that we're related to or somebody you know that we feel empathetic to from you know countries away um it's poignant to really think and sit in that feeling And the window in the way that it's the the lyrics are written and in the way that it sounds and the way that it ramps up and slows down is just such a perfect encapsulation of the feeling of that grief. And it really lets you sit in that feeling and really feel it. And yeah, it just works for me every single time. It's just, it's a perfect song.
0: And that is your number one album. And that
1: is it. Yes, that is the end of that list. So
0: So we have a job to do. Yes, but before we crown our album yes. of the year, oh, we have some honorable, honorable mentions. mentions.
1: Let me pull up the list because I did not, unlike you, write these down.
0: Okay, uh, some of my honorable mentions include the Heavy Hours with the Heavy Hours. Uh, this was actually an album that I listened to at the very beginning of the year, and it was going to be like, you know what? I want to a new artist, and a new album every week. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Good and business. I listened to the Heavy Hours, and was like, yes, I can do this. This is great. I'm going yeah. to discover new music. And the next three weeks disappointed me, and I stopped doing that because nothing can compare to this album. Been there. Uh, technically, if you want to knock off Taylor Swift for my number five, this would have been my number five
2: sure.
0: uh, for a new album, uh, but yeah. I just kept going back to it, kept listening to it. Uh, kind of reinvigorated my alt-rock spirit within me. It was like, yes, this is kind of what <laughs> I, I want to listen to again. Yeah. And like I said, following albums uh, to try to listen to music did not compare to this, so it was on there and then summer hit and all the other albums came out um also um lost by lincoln park the first new song by lincoln park uh since the passing of chester bennington technically on an album but also it was (laughs) part of the meteora 20th anniversary yeah yes that does make hey, me feel old. If you're
1: including Taylor's versions in here, you can absolutely include the 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 remaster of <laughs> Meteora. I'll let you
0: have it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was nice to get that, especially hearing uh, just new songs from Linkin Park.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, also speaking of new songs from old bands, Link 182. Yeah. With one more time, actually getting Mark, Tom, and Travis all back on the same album. Yeah. Um, worse. I think you probably hours. like this more than I did. I did. Uh, but then again, I, as I was listening to it, I did get into the, wait, these are like 40-year-old men still talking about teenage problems.
1: I mean, that's okay. But that's that stick. has been the story of Link with forever, though. Like There's always been older men talking about teenage problems. Like, that's literally been their deal since the first time I've heard of them. So, like, that's not new. It's not a new development. <laughs> They never know what their age is.
0: No, what is their? They're always
1: asking what it is.
0: Yeah, they don't know. Even they don't know. They don't know. Um. (laughs) Then also, uh, speaking of uh, just not knowing what they're doing, Lana Del Rey. (laughs) Do we ever truly know what
1: Lana is doing?
0: No, but. Did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard?
1: You know, I didn't until a conversation happened because of that album title. But now I do know that there is a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard. So thanks, Lana, I guess.
0: Yeah. um, Lana Del someone I've been championing on this podcast uh, since we started it. I think
1: championing is a very strong term, but sure.
0: Okay. You like her more than I do, is I think the way we'll put it. Yes. Yes. didn't make my list, but good to see that she's getting Grammy nominated here for sure. this album.
1: Believe it, uh,
0: but whatever. Belated, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice to see that she's had um, her know, kind of a comeback, especially after uh, both Kentrell's over the Country Club <laughs> and Norman fucking Rockwell.
1: Well, actually, I feel like the, that was the peak. You uh, liked
0: Norman fucking Rockwell.
1: It's her best record still, but, uh, but yeah, it's diminishing returns, I think, since.
0: Okay. And last uh, album I will mention is the uh, posthumous album and kind of final album for Jimmy Buffett, uh, Equal Strain on All Parts. Uh, We sadly lost Jimmy Buffett earlier this year, but we still got this album, um, essentially, currently. His final album, Mm -hmm. I mean, technically the first posthumous album, I assume there'll be more like Vault, Lost Tracks, um, yeah. no, not called lost Tracks, they're called Under the Bar Tracks. <laughs> the as, track. as... <laughs>
1: under the Bar Tracks, is that
0: what you said? That's what we're to call them. It's they're under the bar under tracks. The bar tracks. <laughs> That's really good.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was the or, final margarita of the night, really. Is that or lost at sea like... tracks? It's probably lost a good
0: one C. too. <laughs> uh but yeah, it's it just reminds you that it's a fun album. Reminds you that he was a fun guy, that he never yeah. took anything too seriously. Yeah. Hell, he, he started a business empire off a song called Margaritaville. About you know, just drinking margaritas. So,
1: if you can do it, you should do it. Is what I say.
0: I mean, it's a fun album. It's just a reminder that Jimmy Buffett is, was, always, will be, forever and ever, the relaxed, chillaxed party guy.
1: Indeed. Um, I have a bunch of uh, i uh, i uh, uh, honorable mentions here. I'll just kind of rattle through them because I don't have really time to really go into them. One I will go into real briefly is. Carly Rae Jepsen, The Loveliest Time, uh, something Mm -hmm. that you'd be surprised with how close this was to my top five. This is my number seven. Uh, It's pretty good. Way better, I think, than The Loneliest Time, her previous record. And just, it's amazing how she did not, the thing with Carly, is she always manages to leave some of her best songs for the side beats. I don't know why she does this, but it keeps happening. And this is the best example of that. I think there's so many great songs on The Loveliest Time. It's It's some peak Carly, Psychedelic Switch. One of the best songs of the year, period. And it's just like it's amazing that that wasn't on the first record. Like, what is she doing? What are you doing, Carly? Stop it is weird to today. have
0: a Carly ray Jackson record come out and not be on your top five list.
1: I know it's weird, but yes, this was this is honestly one of her best records since Emotion. It really worked for me. um All right, and then here's the rapid fire list. Uh, uh, Rat Saw God by Wednesday. You're gonna see this on like all the, the highfalutin music blogs in the top fives. So, I'm not, I'm not, it's not that I'm ignoring it, it's just this is my <laughs> number six. It didn't quite make my top five, but it is a very good record. Um, the new Mitsuki, the Landon is Inhospitable and So Are We, one of the best mitsky records, uh, so far. Very consistent, very beautiful. Margaret Glaspie, Echo the Diamond, an alt rock uh, singer songwriter that I wasn't familiar with until this year that really got me. Uh the record by Boy Genius, Grammy nominated. I don't need to tell you anything more about Boy Genius, we're up sick of hearing about him. Uh The New Bully, lucky for you, probably the best bully record. So if you like her, this is the way to do it. Um Principia by Anna Tonda in I can't pronounce the French, but just Anna Tonda Anna, I believe. I'm not really sure. Yeah, <laughs> Chrissy's laughing at me because I can't pronounce anything in French. Uh but yeah, great <laughs> record. Uh-huh. Slouch by Kixie, Velveteen by Pony, uh, Sentimental Scum by Susie True, Aperture by Hannah Jadiku, All Around You by Subsonic Eye, Yard by Slowpulp. That's a great record. Uh, Yule by Softscar, or Softscars by Yule, and uh, Bitch Unlimited by Star99. Uh, that's my, the rest of my top 20. They <laughs> <laughs> do okay? Did I butcher it? On Attendant. On Attendant Honor. At the end of the no, T? You don't pronounce the T? Oh, whatever. I took two years of French, but all of it just left my brain. All right. Anyway, uh, that's so, yeah, those are my honorable mentions.
0: All right. But now that we have all those other albums out of the way, we do need to crown yes. an album of the, the year. And do we really need to talk really... about it. It's yes, Guts. Taylor. It's Guts. Oh, sorry. Olivia,
1: Olivia, <laughs> Taylor, please take no. our record. No, it's not Taylor. Uh, sorry. Yes. No. I think we can both agree that guts. It's one, It's the only album that's on both of our lists. Yes. It's uh. It's pretty high on yours comparatively. So uh, yeah. I would say that. I mean, Olivia gets it again. I mean, Sour was already our twenty twenty one. I believe. Uh, media vote record it, of the year.
0: It was our twenty twenty one record of the year. So easy. it this, seems to two. For two. two. Yeah. So congratulations, two for two. Congratulations, um, Olivia. You're you're a record. Your record's in the mail. <laughs> you did it again. Your, your 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 album is on streaming right now.
1: Yes, it is. On repeat. It. Anyway, so I think that'll do it then. Yep. So uh, take to, us out.
0: That'll do it for us here on the end of the year wrap-up list for music. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, with your top five, Olivia Rodrigo with Guts. All of This Will End by Indigo D'Souza. Hell Mode by Jeff Rosenstock. Safe to Run by Extra Rose, and The Window by Rat Boys.
1: And then you had at your number five, Taylor Swift's Speak Now, Taylor's version slash nineteen eighty nine Taylor's version, because you cheat like you always do and include two things in one slot.
0: It's my uh, list. I'll do what I want with it. <laughs>
1: uh, A Cat in the Rain by, by Troubadours at number four. But here we are at number three by The Poop Fighters. That's by Olivia Rodrigo at number two. And then your number one, The Age of Pleasure by Janelle Monae.
0: And Olivia Rodrigo, Guts, our yep, album our of the year. Album. That does it for the end of the year wrap-up for music. Yes, you thank you. We talked for about everything. Uh, we have our lists. Thank yep. you for joining us. Uh, we will be back again with even more to wrap up as we get into yes. video games on right. our next episode. But but if you're in the future, and <laughs> you can listen to it right now. So enjoy. All right, bye. bye.